0: I looked at that and I said, I don't know that I can recreate magic, but if I can find something that's already special, I believe I can scale it.
1: I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we're going to sit down with Jeremy Andrus, who's the CEO of Traeger Wood Pellet Grills. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. I'm a massive grilling fan and love what you built with Traeger. So it's going to be a fun conversation. Awesome. So I want to start with uh, just a little bit more about your background and then also a little bit about Traeger, if you will.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I I guess first of all, I'd say one of the things that I learned, unfortunately, not until probably midway through my career, is that I was an entrepreneur. And uh had, had always been an entrepreneur at heart. I mean, it was always part of my DNA. And that became clear. Of course, everything's clear in the rearview mirror. As I look back to things that I tried to do growing up from, you know, from the moment I bought a lawnmower at eight years old, trying to start a lawn court care business and all sorts of random things that I did. I sold door to door. But I, uh, I, I remember leaving um, my undergrad school at BYU. And uh, deciding that I wanted to be a CEO, and I was going to start by being a management consultant. Because that's where you learn about strategy, and that's where you have exposure to business. And uh, boy, I did it. Uh, I spent 90 days there. And I remember one Saturday morning calling my dad. uh, You know, I was working seven days a week. I was exhausted. I was uninspired. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't get out of bed. I'm like, Dad... I've just like, wrong job, wrong industry. Maybe I should have gone to law school, medical school. My dad said, whoa, 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 you know, easy tiger, slow down. You got to keep exploring. You're you you're too young to give up. And um that's when I started to decide that I, I was gonna explore other things. And uh I stayed as a consultant, but eventually did some very random things as, as I looked for. Inspiration in my career journey. I day traded stocks for six months uh, full time. Made a ton of money. Made a couple million bucks in my mid twenties. Lost it all, and then had to borrow money to pay back two hundred thousand dollars of margin of margin debt that I had borrowed. I built real estate. Um, you know, I uh, after business school, I founded a frozen beverage supply business. And I kept finding these moments where I said, I'm a builder. Um, I want to build something, but I just haven't found that perfect opportunity yet. But, uh, I kind of, uh, I meandered about around and, you know, as you look at the logos for a number of years, there were a lot of them. And then I came to this moment where I found something that I fell in love with. And in the last, last 15, 16 years, I've got uh, it, just two two businesses that I've been building, and it's uh, you know it's been it's been a ton of fun. It was it was not a uh, straight line getting there, but worth uh, worth the journey for sure.
1: So I want to talk about that uh, that second logo that you found. So I love hearing about you know people that found a diamond in the, in the rough. What was it about Traeger that drew
0: you to the business? You know, um, boy, Traeger was an interesting one. Uh, I had had this. You know this amazing experience building uh, the Skull Candy brand. You know, uh, joined when it was a uh, few guys, half million bucks in sales. There was a unique concept there. There was something special. And then I had this. I had this eight-year, just very intense, adrenaline-filled. You know, from small to raising money to you know growing so fast, I thought the wheels were going to spin off the car. To taking it public, and I got to the end of that eight-year whirlwind, and uh, I and, and I had a couple. I had a couple of thoughts uh, as as I was uh, contemplating what might be next. The first was just how lucky we got along the way, and um, when you're early in a business, there are so many variables and so many things that that can go uh, sideways. The second was just how much magic we somehow created. And I had this real appreciation looking back for the notion that small businesses are the entrepreneurial businesses are hard and there there's often this level of, you know, product market fit, um, you know, brand fit. That's not easy to create regardless of how good you are or How much money you have, and you and you see great, you you see great founders, and you see great corporations invest a lot to build something, and it goes sideways. And so I looked at that and I said, I don't know that I can recreate magic, but if I can find something that's already special, I believe I can scale it. And so that that's really what what led the underlying thesis of what I was looking for next. I wasn't looking for a job. I, I, you know, I paid off my mortgage and business school debt and Subaru and my margin debt from day trading. I was looking for something to buy and build. And, um, you know, I looked at, a, I looked at a lot of things over the course of a year and uh, I eventually stumbled on this 26 year old business called Traeger and I'll call it a brand. Although there was, there was no marketing department ever in its 26 years, had not spent a dollar on marketing. And um, when I first heard about it, I sort of scratched my head and said, ooh, uh, the grilling industry, I don't know, feels, feels commoditized. You know, I'd go to Home Depot and see 250 grills set up, they all look the same, they're just bent steel. And I said, I don't know how interesting this industry is. Interestingly, uh, as as I started to look at Traeger, I said, "Holy smokes! Like this thing is magic." And uh, you, you know, it turns out, and, and and I recognized I recognized very quickly there was something special to Traeger. Without a marketing department, without a brand, there was sort of this very small but but self organized community of passionate Traeger owners who identified with themselves first as Traeger owners. And uh, I'll never forget the very first moment. And it, it did take me long to get there. I was literally, I flew to I flew to Portland and I, I had set up about a dozen customer meetings in a conference room because Oregon was was the birthplace of, of Traeger. It's where it spent its 26 years and was predominantly a Pacific Northwest brand. And I sat in my first meeting and uh, I open up my notebook and I got out my pen, introduce myself, we small talk, and I say, okay, hey, tell me about tell me about your experience with Traeger. And this guy's response blew my mind. He said, My Traeger changed my life. And I I, I immediately put my pen down. And um, not sure if there was Something wrong with this guy's life that a backyard grill was that meaningful, but as a consumer guy, someone that was just a student of great consumer brands and loves product and brand, I was fascinated to hear this guy say this about a business that I'd never heard of a few months before that uh and like in the world of social media, there are no secrets, and yet somehow this experience of of having something that was so meaningful was life-changing. And that was the beginning of my discovery of Traeger, which was that there, there was something special. It had grown slowly and methodically over 26 years, but it had never scaled. And that that was that was the magic that I didn't know that I was capable of creating, but I believed it was a foundation it had like these really great bones of a business that we could build upon,
1: so when you think about that and you're you're coming into a business that over twenty six years had kind of been slow growth, how do you look at the culture and the brand and figure out what stays, what goes, what might have been a limiting factor that was holding us back from that next stage
0: so so that's an interesting question and I didn't ask the right questions um, when I was on the outside looking in. And it was sort of interesting having having spent more of my time in sort of smaller, smaller growth environments and having been part of the building of the team, the the sort of articulating, defining culture, I was asking less about that. And I and I was less cognizant of, you know, the bodies that are buried. Behind the walls of a twenty six year old business, because I'd never gone in to run a twenty six year old business. And so you know my mind was more around the opportunity to uh, to fix product, for example. Terrific solution. You know Joe Traeger, I've spent time with him. I've you know i've I've understood his vision, the early days, the heritage. He built a really great solution. But the product had a lot of issues. it was for an early adopter. It was kludgy. it wasn't mass market scalable. So I knew I could fix product. I knew how to build a brand. I had built a brand with a great team at Skull Candy before, and I believe there was enough passion here to build a meaningful brand around. I knew how to build a team, a team that would help solve you know things like supply chain you know, uh, finance, IT, those things can be built. And so I was thinking more sort of methodically, X's and O's, strategy, vision. And I remember getting on the inside of this business and probably being 48 hours in when I just, my, my heart started to sink. And I said, this place is broken. This place is toxic. By the third night, I drove home feeling sick to my stomach. And that's when I said um to myself, there's something special. Joe Traeger deserves credit for 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 creating something that was special. There's a business opportunity here, but we have second generation families, employees of the company. And the vision, my vision was different than Joe Traeger's. You know, I, I wanted to, I didn't have, you know, 26 more years for the smoke to waft across someone's fence and the neighbor to say, boy, that smelled good. What are you cooking? Well, it's on a Traeger. Like that was just too slow for me. And so I said, there's something special that we need to preserve. There's something about the team and the culture and the aspiration that's just completely inconsistent with what I want to build, especially culturally. And so, you know, I set out to figure out how do we get the best of both worlds? How do we like rebuild team and culture so that we can actually accomplish uh, my vision for the business? And how do we do it without breaking something that survived 26 years?:
1: I think that's a that's a great way to look at it. So you know related to that then is you know Traeger is selling more than just a piece of steel to customers. When was that turning point that you really saw Traeger go from a product? To a lifestyle brand that it is today.
0: You know, it was um, so. It was my aspiration for, from the earliest days, and, and and again, I, having built Skull Candy, and and not really having been classically trained to grow a brand like that, I look back and and I'd spent a lot of time reflecting on and writing about my experience and sort of identifying the things we did well, but painfully, probably. The things we did poorly, there were a lot more of those things to write about. And that, and that, that became truly my blueprint for uh, how we've built Traeger the, the things for good and for bad. And one of the components of, of brand that is so important to me is that you step back and recognize that people don't get attached to things, we're not selling items. You know, we're not selling bent and welded steel with electronics and wood. It just so happens that that's an important component. It is a means to an end, but the experience is what creates emotion. And, you know, as as I thought back to that very first conversation and others I'd had since, what was important to me is that we would build a brand which stood for bringing people together around meaningful food experiences and you know i having you know i, I i've always been a foodie and in you know having spent time in italy where you know i lived in italy for 2 years where they sit around meals for hours and they talk and they laugh and they share but also having seen this interesting secular trend in the us of food going from you know function to you know feeding feeding so that we can run off to the next activity to really Kind of an experience, I believe there was something that that we could build that was meaningful as food became more important to people experientially. And um, you know there, there's really this this really nice sort of communal moment where you sit over a great meal and you bond and you build relationships and you look back and you say, that was a neat moment. I think it's particularly meaningful when it's food that that you have prepared. Carefully and thoughtfully, and you share it. And suddenly that elevates the experience. And that was the joy that I was hearing from Traeger owners. And I wanted this to be about the experience of making them great, democratizing cooking so that they could have that moment without going to culinary school. And so, you know what? The goal was always um, how do we build a better product? How do we ensure that there's a level of innovation that, that actually is motivating and inspiring to the consumer? How do we ensure that the focus is on the experience and not on the steel? And that's about the content, the, uh, both lifestyle, food content, recipe content, however it is that we inspire someone to cook more and to become better so they can get to the table Bring family and friends around and have that experience more often, and it's really a very different perspective. When you're selling an item, you talk you, you talk about features benefits, price, value, and that's not what we do. We talk about experience and 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 we try to help consumers envision you know where they may find themselves frequently if they feel the confidence to cook and share with other people. And so everything that that is core to how we build brand is around that experience. It's, it's around you know tr- a, a true level of passion and authenticity in how we communicate our message to our customers.
1: Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. Let's talk a little bit more about that, how you communicate in that message and, you know, the content, as you mentioned. You guys are nearly up to a million followers on Instagram. A lot of the work is around, you know, sharing and sharing the the great recipes and stories and everything else. How do you approach your company and what advice would you give to other product companies to think about the content or, around it? Yeah, well, so I,
0: I would start by saying... Um, the community, the Traeger community is so strong. It is truly a force. And I sometimes step back and say, how did we do this? It's still small. You know, there are um, there are about a million and a half Traegers uh, that are uh, uh, operational right now. You know, so relative to the size of the opportunity, it's small, but it's passionate and it's connected. And your comment around sharing it's all around sharing of course sharing of the food is that that's that's the moment that has that happens around the table but sharing experiences and sharing recipes and sharing things you've cooked and how you've cooked them this is what happens in our community that we have the joy of helping help helping develop and, you know, I was thinking recently as I thought about what what just feels like so special and magical around the community how it how it happened. And honestly, I I think, you know, of course, there is a component of the experience and the product that that naturally does that. But there's something that we've done that I understand now better looking back on this experiment uh, of building community and building brand, which has more clarity for me. When I decided that the culture of Traeger didn't work, it didn't work for me. You know, if I'm going to show up, not looking to make money, but looking to build something, and I'm going to feel sick to my stomach every day. That's a non-starter. And so I changed the culture, and I did it around a moment in time that was um, a real low moment for my career, where I just had this realization, which was that we couldn't build something special with the toxic culture that we had early on, the, the culture that that I inherited, and um, I decided that what was special about a brand was the people. And, and it's uh it's the culture and it's it's the set of values that we share around connecting vision and brand and, and business and and it's those values that are aspirational to us and so um I let the team go almost almost the entire team twenty six years in I definitely i look back and say, how did we do that without breaking this thing but we let the team go and uh, we kept a limited number who who, who we believed shared our cultural values. And we set out to, to rebuild the business, not, a, not based on capability. Capability is ticket to the ball games, minimum threshold, but to rebuild it based on a set of cultural values that we thought would help scale this business. My intent at the time, I probably had never said the word community. My intent was to build a place that I wanted to be a part of, and then I wanted others to be a part of. As I look back, I recognize that the cultural values that, that that we share internally were the foundation of the community. You know, ground zero is where we define who we are. You know, that's Sugar House, Utah, where we have 250 people who get together every day. Uh, we, we cook together every day. We eat together every day. Of course, it's changed a little bit during COVID, but Ground Zero is where where the brand was born. The product had been around; there was something to it, but the brand was really built uh, in, in Sugarhouse, Utah, by a set of people who just really cared about it. And as I think about you know how that emanates, uh, I look at our influencers, for example. I look at uh, you know our, our brand partners in the field. Who, who reach out all the time. They're our friends. They're not paid partners. They're our friends. And we connected with them because we believe they shared our passion for food, for outdoor. And we eventually started to do more things together. And we brought them into the Traeger family. And so everything we do is there is a personal touch that starts with our cultural values. And it's the only way I know how to scale this thing and it's why i i tell my team all the time and we spend a lot of time talking about our our values and you know how how we live them how we empower others why they're important and um you know as, as ceo i say my role role number 1 for me has nothing to do with product strategy you know supply chain finance it's to ensure that we protect our culture with our lives and that's where the community comes from and that's You know, again, I'd love to say it was it was that intentional and strategic building the culture was, but I learned that great brands, they build from from the inside out.
1: So talking about the building side of things, it doesn't get much older than grilling, you know, going back to cooking something over uh, wood fire is a pretty ancient thing, if you will. How have you thought about bringing technology into the world of Traeger? And what does that look like for uh, driving the brand growth?
0: You know, I, um, I'm really passionate about brands that have, that have heritage. And, um, I think when, when you have heritage that sits next to newness, technology, progressive thinking, I think it's a really unique combination because I think one, one without the other, uh, that doesn't have the same richness. And I, I'd spent, I'd spent a couple of years of my career as a, uh, acquiring old old assets to convert to hotels. So I was with Kempton Hotels. And we would find these old buildings that had beautiful bones that had never been hotels. And we'd turn them into hotels. In New Orleans, we bought an old, old Masonic temple, which became a Hotel Monaco. In Salt Lake, an old bank building. And then suddenly you walk in, you feel the history of this place, but you see this progressive sort of whimsical design and it's this, it's this very very welcoming feeling and I, I i we see that opportunity with with traeger and i and i saw that from the early days wanted to preserve this heritage of being the original wood pellet grill and you know the heritage of cooking with wood which has been around for thousands of years but wanted to use technology to actually make the experience better to make people, uh, better at it, to make the, the journey of cooking a more enjoyable one, not, not just turning on the grill and putting the food on, but in in imagining the type of content entertainment almost that we can put in front of consumers that, that would inspire them as to what to cook and, you know, how to procure ingredients and how to cook it, how to prepare it. And, um, you know, that, that is fortunately, um, there. there is all sorts of technology that honestly, if we were trying to do this 10 years ago, it wouldn't have worked. Where, um, you know, we envisioned a connected device in like 2015, when no one was thinking about connecting a grill to the cloud, there was no reason to. I mean, you're never going to leave your steak over a flame, lid closed, connected to the cloud and walk away from it. You nervously stand over it. And you sort of flip it, you cut it, you wonder if it's overdone, underdone. But the solution that we had inherently had the ability to use technology to make the experience better, for control, for you know to to understand when your food is done, but so much more. It's to use content that flows in and out of a device, in and out of a cloud, in and out of out of out of the grill. and we we started building uh, building really interesting. Integrating technology and and building a, a patent portfolio that we believe would allow us to make the cooking experience better. And so, there are elements of our product in terms of the design DNA, in terms of functionality, in terms of flavor and cooking experience that are sacred to us, and we will always take with us. But there were there were ways to use technology to enhance and make the experience so much better and I think I think that's interesting, and you know it 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 speaks to one of the values in our business, which we call stand in the fire. And it's all about questioning the status quo, um, thinking innovatively, being willing to take risk, and recognizing that you know newness and innovation is important to a brand. And you know even to some of these disruptive brands, well, these great brands that were once once disruptive, you know, Blockbuster, you know, Compact Computers, Kodak, Polaroid, that were born out of disruption and then refused to innovate and to evolve. And um, we see this amazing opportunity, which is it's all about the experience of cooking and sharing. And there are ways that we can make that better that are, that are still rooted in who we are.
1: So when you think about the, the where Traeger is going, you know when you look at the brand five years, ten years from now, how are you thinking about that path of technology and how you continue to innovate uh, along the way?
0: One of the things that um, that I learned painfully as CEO of Skull Candy was that when you benchmark against your competition, you're eventually going to lose because usually disruptors are not entrenched competitors. And there are, there are a lot of reasons for that. But I remember at Candy, early on saying, we're disrupting and we're building, and we're going to beat the biggest headphone company out there, which was Sony. And Sony was in our targets. And we eventually passed Sony in market share. There was another brand that came out of left field called Beats that just punched us in the side of the neck. And we said, oh my gosh, we weren't even paying attention to these guys. We saw them lodge, but no one buys $300 headphones. Like Those are Bose front of the airplane. The market's not big enough. And they did all sorts of things right. And by the time you realize someone is disrupting your industry, you are too late. And so as as I think about what's next and how technology informs where we're going, we're always aware of what our competitors are doing. But We never look at them and say that is the aspiration. That is the bar that we have to that we have to overcome. We step back and we ask ourselves: Is there a better way to do this? Is there a cooking experience in our at home that might be better? And if so, what is it? Because the only thing that's the only competitor that's going to beat us is the one that builds a better cooking experience at home. And so we look at technology, and we're always asking what's possible. We're always spending time in habitat with our consumers, and we're trying to observe problems in cooking process and bring technology to bear uh, as as part of the solution. And so, you know, uh, where will we be in five or 10 years? I have no idea. But what I do know is that every day we will step back and ask ourselves, how do we make someone more inspired to cook more often so they, can, so they can get to the table and share that moment? And that really drives our thinking. Now, it certainly requires us to be very, you know, very cognizant of new technology, uh, of new food trends, of new cooking trends. And then we've gotta be smart enough to integrate in a way that's appropriate for our brand, uh, do it quickly and do it in a high quality way. That's wonderful.
1: Well, I think that's a perfect place to kind of bring the conversation to a close. I you know, can't thank you enough for sitting down and sharing more about this amazing journey and amazing brand that you've helped grow and build with Traeger.
0: My pleasure to do it,
1: Dave. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.